0: Turn to Acts chapter 19 as we continue in that book. And uh, <clears throat> as we get going in Paul's third missionary journey, although I should say, as we join him on his third missionary journey, he's already taken off to to be a part of this ministry of of going out and doing the work of the Lord it didn't seem like he he was back for for too long before he realized or decided, decided or desired to be back out um, going out and being on the road again um, What we looked at last week was this calling that that he had this desire to go and uh to go visit those churches that he helped get started, and his desire was to go back and strengthen the disciples, to establish them once again and in in, in in the faith, to to encourage them and to impart new strength to them. That's what his heart was. That's what he was called to do. And we saw that this new kid, or new guy that came on the scene, Apollos, had the same kind of desire after. Having this boldness to speak and 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 even though he didn't have the complete story that that uh, these people came alongside of him to minister to him, and as soon as he he was old enough in growing or maturing enough in the whole story, his heart was to go out, and he went to corinth that's where he was called to go <clears throat> Acts chapter nineteen verses one through ten it says that and now it and it happened. While Apollos was in Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, called uh, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, unto what were you baptized and they said to so they said unto John's baptism then paul said john indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance saying that the people saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him that is on the on christ jesus then they when they heard this they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the, the men were about twelve in all. And he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading, concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But when there was... there but then but when some were hardened and did not believe they spoke evil of the way before the multitude he departed from them and withdrew disciples uh, reasoning daily in the school of tyrannus and this continued for 2 years so that all who dwelt in asia heard the word of the lord jesus both greeks or jews and greeks as we start off in verse 1, and it says, and it happened. So it was as Apollos departed to Achaia and made his way to the city of Corinth. That Paul made his way into Ephesus. And it's, it's almost like they kind of missed each other. And I found it interesting as I was looking at this and just kind of just kind of looking at the timing of it all i 'm thinking they kind of just missed each other and 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 why is it lord that that you didn't allow these two men to to hook up with each other in Ephesus before apollos was to was to leave because it seemed like both of these guys were were made out of the same cloth or cut out of the same cloth they they had the same kind of drive the same kind of de- uh, desire and i thought man it would have been awesome if they would have just teamed up i mean eventually they would meet but apollo's went to go water what what paul had planted over in corinth and it seems that they would have made a, an amazing dynamic duo <laughs> You know, if they, if they just hooked up, if they, if they were able to be together, but as for now, they would just be a tag team. God didn't want them or allow them to, to team up as of yet. And I don't know exactly why, but I, I just thought, wow, well, Lord, there, there's things that you do in people's lives, how you bring people and you move people. And sometimes we get to minister together and sometimes people move on before other people come and take their place. And it just seems that, that that was the case here. Because Apollos had gone to Ephesus and he was vital in Ephesus after he got the full story. And it seems like and I don't know if he just thought, well, Paul will be taking my place, so I'm ready to go, or however it was, but God didn't allow them to to team up together. But as he leaves, Paul comes. And I'm sure the people in Ephesus were blessed by both of them. But the people in Corinth needed some strong leadership. Needed a a, a good teacher to go and and minister to them. It had been a while since Paul had been there. Again, because they had these similarities, the people at Corinth were blessed by Apollos as he went. But Paul makes it to Ephesus. The writer of Acts, Luke, doesn't give us any detail of what happened on Paul's travels through the upper journey because he wanted to get us to Ephesus. There was something about Ephesus that God would be doing a great work there. And so he kind of wanted to focus on Ephesus. We do know that as he traveled, Paul traveled, he did strengthen all the disciples. So I'm sure he did that along the way. But coming to Ephesus, this would be a, a, a kind of a, a headquarters for him for a while. Ephesus had a population at the time of about 300,000 people. It was a good-sized city. At the time, it was the capital city uh, uh, of the Roman province in Asia, in Asia Minor, what we would look at as the the modern day Turkey area. And it was a very, very important commercial center. Everything and everybody passed through there. If they were traveling one way or another, most of the time they they, they traveled through, through Ephesus. It was a main route. It was a port city and it had a large... A large um, harbor, a lot of commerce going on. It, 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 Ephesus grew wealthy. It, it, it is said that that when Paul was there, it was at its zenith. It was it, it was just at its height. It had to do a lot with the temple of Diana that was there. There was a lot of people that were attracted to this temple because not only was it a temple for for Diana, but it was one of the seven wonders of the world at that time. This temple was probably built four centuries before Paul even got there. It had been a, a while. And it measured 418 feet by 239 feet. And it had over a hundred columns that stood over 50 feet high. It was just a magnificent type of building. And, and in the, the middle of it, inside of it, as I was reading about it, there was a sacred enclosure in the temple that had the sacred image of Artemis or Diana. And it supposedly had fallen from Zeus, from the heavens. And as one writer said, it was probably a meteorite that fell. And uh, they, 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 they worshipped it. And since Artemis, this goddess, she was a fertility goddess, there was a lot of cultic prostitution that was part of the of, of the worship. And there was hundreds of temple prostitutes priestess that were there on a regular basis. So needless to say that this city was just as bad as Corinth. And if you remember Corinth, it was, it was just the debauchery the that went on in Corinth. Well, Ephesus was no different. If anything, it might have been worse. But it's interesting to me because it's a strategic city. And God needed people there, and he had brought uh, earlier uh, Paul there with Aquila and Priscilla. And Priscilla and Aquila, they came from, from Corinth, and they came to Ephesus, and they were there ministering for that whole time period that Paul had gone back home, and now he's headed back, and he's going to centralize himself, focus, and stay in this city that is strategic, but it's just dark. Dark. There there there's just a lot of sin there. And Paul decides that it will be a part of his life for a while. And it says that in, in, in getting there he finds some disciples. Now I it's quite possible that as he got there he hadn't run into Aquila and Priscilla yet. When he got there, again, it was the, the, because of the size of the city to, to hook up with them and find them. But it says that he did find some disciples as he got there. And as he met with them, he began to talk with them. And there was something that came up for Paul to ask them the question Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? <laughs> it, it almost seems that there was something. That wasn't right. Something was lacking in these people's lives, these men's lives, as he talked with them. That he had to ask the question: Have you received the Holy Spirit? And and as I thought about who who were these guys, that these guys come from another place, and hadn't hooked up with Aquila and Priscilla, and that's why you know they they would have they would have got schooled by them. So I'm thinking maybe that's you know that's. They, they, haven't, they hadn't run into to these guys yet, and Paul hadn't run into them. Is it possible that these guys, these 12, were, were converts of Apollos? And when he heard the, 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 the story and, and, and got the complete story, he never went back to clarify it to these guys. Again, we don't know exactly why they had this mindset that they were still under the baptism of John. But Paul is asking them, have you received the Holy Spirit? And it's interesting because they're called disciples. And it's alluded to that they believed. When they believed, it says, or when you believed. And, and it means that when you believed on Jesus the Christ. And so it, it's kind of interesting because here these guys are under... The, the tutelage or the, 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 the understanding of John the Baptist, they don't have the complete story, but they're called disciples, and they're, 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 it says that they believed somewhat. And their response was kind of the same as Apollos in a sense, in that they didn't have the complete story. They didn't know or hadn't heard whether there was a Holy Spirit or not like apollo's these ephesians ephesian disciples only knew the baptism of john and the baptism of john was a sign of repentance towards god so they had some kind of knowledge about god it it, it almost seems like they they were seeking god they could have been gentiles that had been converted to judaism and were seeking god and had heard about the, the ministry of John the Baptist. And that's all they knew. But they had repented in that sense. They were coming in that teaching or, or under that teaching. And so they were seeking God, but were, were they true believers? And this is where I, I, I was just kind of questioning and, and just even in myself going, okay, who are these guys? And the question that Paul asked them is to is unto what were you baptized? And that word baptize does speak of getting wet, water washing, but it also speaks of to 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 be immersed, submerged, to make overwhelmed as in fully wet. And the idea is to be swallowed up into something. And so he asked them, in, into what have you been swallowed up into? What have you been immersed into? And as I was thinking of something that's immersed, I thought of strawberries. <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but this is where my mind was going when I was thinking about this. When strawberries are, are immersed in chocolate, they are baptized in chocolate. And it just kind of all, just envelops this whole little strawberry, except for the little green part. But but you know what I'm talking about, because you're not going to eat that anyways. But, but, but again, and, and again, just to, so you can get a picture of what this whole, the, what he's asking is, what have you been dipped into? What have you been immersed in? And that's what the, the question is. What have you been immersing yourself in? And, and and for them they had immersed themselves into the baptism of John. That's all they knew. They were covered in that arena and they didn't know any other they didn't know, they just didn't. Which means that they had come to God with the hope of the one that would come. And so to me it was almost like these guys were living like old testament saints. They had a hope of the one to come because they understood what John preached. That he he was coming before the one that was to come. And so get yourself right was was his message. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so they were seeking God, but again they were waiting for, for this hope to come. And they hadn't fully received it yet. And so Paul, as he's talking to them, he reiterates what, what, Paul, or what John preached. And they agreed that that is exactly what they had been immersed in. So they were looking unto Jesus. They weren't denying Him at all. But they didn't know the whole story. And so the question I was asking myself as I'm reading this is, so did they have the Holy Spirit or not in their lives? Is it possible that that they did have the Holy Spirit and just didn't know it? Common sense would, would tell us as believers, how could you not know it? <laughs> how could you not know if you have the Holy Spirit or not? You know, I, I think oftentimes we, we might say that about other people, it's like, why well, are they saved? Well, I don't know if they're saved or not. But when it comes to you, you should know if you are saved or not. I, I, I don't think you, you if, if you're still in a place, well, I don't know if I am or not, then maybe you're not. <laughs> then again, maybe you are. And you don't quite realize that you've been immersed in, 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 into Christ yet. And so again, here I am, as I'm studying, thinking, okay, there's these two schools of thought that I'm looking at, that I'm reading about, and I'm studying about, that, that there would be those guys who would say that they were not saved. And then there was the, the, that other that said, well, yeah, they, they, they were saved. They just didn't have the whole story. And those who would say that they weren't saved would say that you cannot be saved without or apart from the Holy Spirit. And I would agree with that. You need the Spirit of God in your life to understand spiritual things. But then I asked myself, then why are they being called disciples? Why is it alluded to them being believers or believing in Christ? Now to, to those who would say that they were saved but didn't have the whole story, I, I could see their point as well. But does that mean that they were saved? Is it as simple as calling on the name of the Lord and being saved as it says in Romans 10? Is it that simple to be saved? And I think this is where we get the hang up because I think sometimes we have a criteria of what it means to be saved. And I think sometimes we add more to being saved than what the Bible talks about being saved. I I, I always have to go back to those who who are young, who, who accept Jesus. You know, maybe you're one that, you know, when you were a little kid, no, I've, I've been a Christian all my life, I remember when I accepted Jesus. Did you really know it all? Did you have the complete story? Did you comprehend exactly what you were doing? Well, no, I just asked Jesus into my life and I believed. Because again, I, I think when, when we're adults and somebody says, well, I'm saved. Well, how do you know I'm saved? Well, I asked Jesus in my life. Yeah, but do you know this? Have, have you done this? Have you experienced It's like, uh, never have. Are they saved or not? <laughs> There's people that have been in my life that, again, just because of their simplicity of life, they might not be what you and I would call Christians, but they have called out to God. And it's, And to me, it's as simple as I believe. I've called out to him. I I, I was thinking of those who in times past and maybe even today are in countries where they don't have the word of God as readily as you and I have it. And all they have is a page of the Bible that has been snuck into them and that's all they have. And they believe it with all their heart. And they know that Jesus, it's it's God's word, but they only have a page or two pages at the most. They don't have the full story. Is it possible that they can be saved? Is it possible in their simplicity that God's big enough to say, yes, you are (laughs) saved? And I think oftentimes we are the ones that complicate these kinds of issues because as I'm reading about these guys, I'm thinking, Well, they were searching, they were seeking God. But then again, it's like, well, a lot of people are. And are they saved or not? It's like, oh, geez. I I, I guess what I'm boiling it down to is God is the ultimate judge here. And and I think we, we can look for fruit. We can test for fruit in people's lives. But if you are in a place where you say, well, I've called out to God, but I'm not where you're at. Or where you're at. I can't meet that standard because I haven't gotten there yet. Is it possible that they are still saved? Just in the simplicity of what the gospel says. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Confess with your mouth.
1: And and, and
0: again, I think sometimes we are the ones that complicate salvation for other people. And I think we do them a disservice. When we begin to say, well, you're not, just, you're not meeting my standards of what a Christian should be or how I read the scriptures. Oh, you haven't experienced this. I don't know if you can be truly saved. What, what, what I get from these guys here as Paul is talking to them it doesn't seem that these guys fought against what Paul was telling them. It doesn't seem like they refused to hear the rest of the story. If anything, they were so, readily, they were so ready to receive it. Because they had been seeking this. They had desired it. And they ended up doing something about it. When they heard the full story. If they weren't Christians at the time, they were now. (laughs) And if they were Christians at the time, they just knew a little bit more now. They have grown a little bit more. And so I I, I came to to the realization, they were now, whether they were or not before, they were now immersed. Immersed. In the name of the Lord Jesus. They were now enveloped. And they identified. With the finished work. Of Jesus Christ. The one that they hoped in. Now they could live in. And live in the hope. Of the finished work. It seems that Paul. Baptized them. As he finished talking to them. It says. When they heard this. They were baptized. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Or the Lord Jesus. It's interesting because Paul said in 1 Corinthians 1.17 that he was not sent out to baptize but to preach. He didn't make a big deal about baptism. He says, oh, other people will do that. I wasn't called to go do those things. I only baptized certain people. And I don't know if these are the guys, somebody that he mentions. But he did lay hands on them afterwards and it says that the Holy Spirit came upon them now they knew that they had received the Holy Spirit if they weren't quite sure before now they were totally sure they understood what had happened and the evidence here that we see in the book of Acts was the speaking in tongues and and that they prophesied Now, these two gifts um, are mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. If you're not quite familiar with them, they're a great place to go read about the gifts of tongues and prophecy. And we see them a few times in the book of Acts. But the book of Acts is not about the gifts of God. It's not about those kinds of gifts. The book of Acts has to do with the church and how it functions under or with or when the Holy Spirit comes upon it. I think oftentimes we seek some gifts and that's not what we're supposed to be seeking. We're supposed to be seeking the gift giver. When we were singing the song earlier, it's all about you. It's all about Jesus. It's not about the gifts, guys. Although the gifts are amazing to have. The gifts that that God gives us, they're to be used for His glory. But we are not to seek the gift. We are to seek Jesus. And He gives us the things that, that we need in our lives. And if anything, I'd rather focus on the word upon when when he prayed and the Holy Spirit came upon them. Because it's the same word that was used in Acts 119. Am I... Am I on now? Okay, there we are. Where was I? Oh, the word upon. It's the same word that is used in Acts 1, 8. That when, when the Holy Spirit was to come upon someone, they would have this power to go out and do the work of God. Now, it's quite possible that these disciples had the Holy Spirit with them and in them, but when he came upon them, they understood about the power, and something became radically different in their lives. I was going to go through verse 10, but we'll stop right here. In in this portion here, that we see these men that were seeking God, they desired holiness or they desired God in their life and yet they didn't have the full story and I love the fact that Paul took his time to minister to them he, he didn't blow them away he didn't turn them away because they didn't have the full story I think they were so eager and hungry to listen to learn that he was willing to pour himself out into the lives of these men and I could guarantee you, because they were open enough, and not closed minded well, this is what we've learned, and, and I can't change. No, they were open to learn. That when the Holy Spirit came upon them, I could, I could guarantee you, they became so vital in that community, because the Holy Spirit was now upon them. He he was not only with them and in them, but now he had come upon them and they had received the power of the Holy Spirit. And guys, I don't know where you're at tonight. And it's quite possible that some of you guys can identify with these guys from Ephesus going, you know, I don't know what I'm immersed in. I, I think I'm a Christian. I've been trying to walk with God, but it just seems that there's something lacking in my life. And maybe it's it's on your part that you just didn't like, OK, I'm going to go full force or thinking, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to play both sides of the fence, you know, try to try to be friends with everybody. It's like, no, there has to be a decision that's made. And I think oftentimes we get to that point where people are like these Ephesian disciples that, man, they're in, but they just don't quite know where they're at in Christ. And, and and they have the Spirit of God in them. But they've never allowed the Spirit of God to come upon them. To give them the power that they need to be bold. The, the, the power that they need to go do the work of God. It's like, well, I'm just saved and I'm happy with that. And you'll make it to heaven right on. You'll be up there right on. But what are you doing for him here? And I think that's when the power of the Holy Spirit can really truly move in somebody's lives when they're going, Lord, I'm pretty sure I'm in, but I'm not quite sure where I stand with you. And maybe tonight, you know, maybe God didn't want me to... Actually, I wanted to go to verse 20, but I didn't think that was going to happen. And maybe that's why we didn't go all the way there. Because there's some of you that need just prayer. You need somebody to just lay their hands on you and pray for you, that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And, and and again, I know that we usually have people come on coming up here for you know they have the prayer teams and they will pray for you and I will pray for you and I'll, I'll call some of the, the the guys to come on up and just make yourself available, you know, just come on up and if you feel like you know what, I just need somebody to lay their hands on me so I know for sure that the Holy Holy Spirit dwells inside of me. And so while we do worship, coming up. We'll close in prayer. And then, uh, again, if you just feel like you're lacking something in your life. Come on up and get some prayer. Grab me down here. There's Brian. There's Mark. There's Well, Victor and them are coming down. But just grab somebody and have them pray for you, okay? Father in heaven, we do praise you and thank you for this evening. Lord, we, we thank you, Lord God, for your guidance even tonight, Lord God. You know my, my, my notes and the things that were on my heart. Um, but Lord, you had different plans for tonight, Lord. And I do pray, God, that this message was able to penetrate hearts of maybe those who are here who, who have been battling, Lord, and they, they, they can identify with these, these, these people that we just read about. They weren't quite sure or didn't have the full story. And yet, when they heard it, Lord God, they desired it. And they were immersed and baptized in the Lord Jesus. And I pray that tonight, Lord God, you would baptize those in the Lord Jesus, Lord God, who maybe have never come to that point tonight, Lord. You brought them here so that they would know for sure that they have received the Holy Spirit of God in their life. And so move in the lives and the hearts of those who who you've been speaking to already through this, Lord. And so we just lift that up to you. And we pray for this time of worship and this time of prayer that, God, you would not let the enemy hold anyone back, Lord. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So come on up for prayer if you need prayer.